What's up, everyone? We're here on episode two of A Whole Lot of BS Podcast. My name is Barrett Stover. If you have not listened to episode one yet, I highly recommend it. Matt does a really good job of breaking down the thought process he was going through in the draft process, uh, being drafted his junior and senior year in college, conversations he had with his mentors, his parents, the scout that was drafting him, the organization, and trying to figure out what was best for his career. That's a really interesting stuff there. And here in episode two, we're looking at his first year of professional baseball and rookie ball. So I always think of any type of professional baseball just being very glamorous lifestyle. What could be better than playing baseball every day? But uh, you really see what a different animal that the minor league system is uh, when with the stories that Matt has and the thought process that he was going through through the first season. So uh, really good stuff from Matt. Hope you guys enjoy. So you get drafted by the Padres, 27th round. They yeah. send you out to short season in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. Right? Yep. So Matt, at, I met with the guy that had been following me. Um, he was the area scout. We met at, uh, I think it was Applebee's. And I, I signed my, my contract at an Applebee's right by my parents' house. Um, and I think two days later, I flew out to Oregon. So I went from being drafted to having my first pro workout in Oregon in the span of like six days. And then you were there, what, what did you have, like two or three weeks before you started, two weeks before you started? No, I, I think it was less than that. Um, I think we had like three or four just like practices, team workouts, um, and then went right into games. And, so And even in, even in short season, you're playing every day, right? Yeah. So I think... We had maybe two or three days off the whole summer. So the short season starts a lot later than the normal minor league guys. So I think it started uh, you know, a week after the draft or something like that, week and a half after the draft. So we went from like mid-June through July, August, and into September a little bit. So Yeah, so I think the short season just finished up last week with like their playoffs, like the championship game. So. Yeah gives you an idea where you go from playing yeah college is five times a week but um you know it's a little bit more built-in structure there where to all you're doing is playing baseball every day seven days a week and and traveling and you're you're on a bus and you're living in a hotel at this point in time right yeah so i i they they send me an email it's like here's your plane ticket um safe travels i flew to seattle um, and then flew from Seattle down to Eugene, and all I knew was an address for a hotel in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and I had, you know, my bags packed for the next three months. So I left my house with two duffel bags, and um, my parents dropped me off, and it was kind of like, here we go. Um, took a shuttle. Uh, walked into the the hotel and was like, "Hey, I I think I have a room for for Matt um, under here." And she's like, "Okay, well here you go." Um, she's like, "And your roommate's already checked in, so um, he should be up there." And I'm like, "Wait, I got a roommate." Um, so I walk upstairs, open up the door, and there's this guy sitting in the bed, now right next to where mine's gonna be. Um, 
luckily the guy's from Alabama and we were and I'm from South Carolina, so we were both from the South and um we ended up getting along really well, thank goodness. And we actually roomed together for the next, you know, two years, um, on the road and at home. Um and then we get a phone call. Our phone rings that night at the hotel, and it's the, it's the team trainer, and it's like, "Hey, we got morning shuttles at the hotel from the from the hotel to the ballpark at I don't know. One of them is at like eight o'clock, and one of them is at like eight thirty. Um, we got to work out in the morning." And I had just gotten there the night before, and I'm like, dang, we don't even get a day to, like, settle in. So so I grab my book bag, you know, the next morning we get up, eat breakfast, hop on this bus. So this is one of those, like, um, I don't know, a 10-passenger. More like a van? or is It's it like a van. A short bus? It's a van. It's a 10-passenger van. Looks like one of those U-Haul vans. Um, and so we're out, me and my roommate are standing outside the hotel waiting for our ride, and there's like 25 guys standing out on the curb there. So I'm like, wow, I guess this is the rest of the team. So, you know, we have this 10 passenger van that like 16 guys get into and take off. People are sitting on each other's laps and stuff, head to the ballpark and it's going to drop them off and then come back and get the rest of us. Um, so we get into the clubhouse, um, we have our lockers up with our names on them, and the, we were playing at the University of Oregon, so we got really spoiled with that facility. It was awesome, um, and you know, I, I found my locker. It's got my name on it, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm like, a, I'm pretty laid back, quiet guy, so I kind of like set my stuff down. I guess everyone's looking for their lockers and all this stuff. So there's this guy next to me. We walk in. He just, like, kind of stares at me, doesn't say anything. Um, I, like, sit down in my in, in my chair right in front of my locker and, like, just sit my bag in there. This guy's next to me. He's got a shaved head. Uh, be, honestly, he looked like a white supremacist. <laughs> Takes his shirt off. This guy's completely covered in tattoos. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? Uh, it turns out to be, like, the nicest guy ever. But uh, I was just in complete shock. Um, it was it was definitely just like a whole eye opening situation. We're expected to just go hop on this van and let it take us to the ballpark for our first practice, and I don't know anyone here. I'm like, I have never been on the West Coast. You're thirty five hundred miles away from basically anyone you know. Oh yeah, no, absolutely no one. Um, was just kind of thrown into it. Hey, this is where you're going. Get on the plane. Get on the bus. Get to the field. So, you're flying into this completely blind. Obviously, when the games start, there's some bit of normalcy to being in the routine of playing games and getting yourself ready, and you're starting at this point in time and just kind of settling to playing baseball again. Um, somewhat. It's definitely an adjustment for routine-wise um, as far as like day-to-day operations for baseball stuff. Um, you know, If we play at 7, 7 o'clock that night, um, pitchers were were all getting to the park at 1 p.m. Um, to start stretch at like 2 o'clock. So we'll go out and play catch at 2 p.m., get all of our running and conditioning, 
um, if we need to lift, all that gets done before the game. And that was all really new to me because, you know, in college you come down, take BP, and then play the game. Yeah. Um, so we're coming in, working out, come in. And you're starting at this point in time? Uh, at this point I didn't know what I was going to be doing. Um, they were kind of evaluating what kind of guys they had on the team, and, and I had thrown 90 innings in the college season, so I, I didn't feel like... I thought that they may, may throw me in the bullpen just because I had already thrown 90 innings in the in the in the year earlier in the year. Um, so I started out out of the bullpen. Um, I was kind of piggybacking with guys, which is a guy would come in and throw three or four innings, and then I would come in after him throw three or four innings scheduled. Um, as, as I guess they were trying to sort through how they wanted to start um, select their starting five, and then what guys were going to fit in best places in the bullpen. And that went on for a couple weeks, just shuffling back and forth. I think I started, I was like, I threw an eighth inning, I was an eighth inning guy, and then I was also piggybacking. So it was all sorts of things that I wasn't really used to, just like, hey, if your name's called, you're in the game. Um, so that was an immediate adjustment for me. And you started the all four years of college, right? Started all four years of college. So luckily I'd thrown... I closed in the two previous summers, which gave me some experience out of the bullpen, so I felt pretty comfortable with that. Um, but still, I'm playing with all these new guys, and and I'm finding each day that there's not that team camaraderie like there is in college, where you guys are all rooting for each other. Um, there's none of the hype, you know, if someone hits a home run, we don't all run to home plate and, like... Basically, throw a party at home plate after a home run. It's you know the guy hits a home run. He, he you know, takes a lap, comes back into the dugout, and we give him a little pat on the butt. There's no. I'm learning that the game is way more individual than I'm, I've ever been used to, which kind of took me back a little bit, um, and I didn't really know how to adjust to it at first. Yeah, minor league baseball is a weird thing in that regard. Because I don't know, I mean, obviously I haven't been exposed to NBA, NBA D-League or, you know, NFL obviously doesn't have a minor league system, but it's a team sport that is solely dependent on how each individual does. Yeah. The team wins and losses are pretty much relevant. You know, if the, if the organization has a very strong farm system, there might be some, some teams that win consistently, but the organization could care less about what the team does. They yeah. just want each individual to improve. So you are now walking into a system where if the guy next to you does better, it's almost worse for you. Yeah. It's, um, I, picked it, I picked it up really quick that this was, was going to be, I need to be more concerned with myself. Um, and yeah, I'm cheering other guys on. I'm never rooting against anyone. But at the same time, I'm competing against these guys that are competing for the same job that I have. So, um, the wins and losses don't really matter so much. I mean, when when I find out, you know, I've been there for a few weeks, I find out that the front offices are kind of, so they're emailing the head coaches, you know, what they want the lineup to look like tonight. And I'm like, wait, what? So it doesn't matter who's doing well and who's not. Like, the lineup's already predetermined by 
by who the front office wants to see batting third tonight. Um, that really confused me when I when there's obvious guys that are that are uh, better than them that aren't hitting in the in the power spots. So that kind of took me back a little bit. Um, when I find out like our opening night starter is is like an 18 year old kid from Venezuela that doesn't speak any English, at my first thought was like, why wouldn't you start a college guy? He's got way more experience. But it's like, oh well, I found out you know later as the game went on that opening night that this kid had signed for two million dollars. So there's important people here to watch him pitch. So it didn't matter who was the more experienced guy, who had the best chance for us winning. It was, this is who they want to see throw. So that's a good that's a good segue into my next question. How many guys on the team did not speak English? Um, uh, I would say probably a third of the team did not speak English. So there's 25 guys on the roster, right? Yeah. And we're looking at eight of those guys just speak absolutely no English whatsoever. Yeah. It was completely segregated because those kids... Those kids would have their own corner of the locker room, and you know, they keep to themselves. Well, they don't keep to themselves, but they're really loud and, and chatting in Spanish, and none of us know what they're talking about, and they separate themselves from us right off the bat, um, and and it, you can't communicate with them either. So it's which makes things difficult because you know when we're in pitchers meetings and stuff like that, it's. There's, uh, we're having to wait for them to get their whatever our coach had just said translated to them and all that sort of stuff. So it's almost like two teams. Yeah. In a, in a regard, did you have a catcher that didn't speak English at this point in time, or any um, anywhere in the minor leagues? No, catcher was never a position that that was. I did have a Latin catcher there, but he spoke really good English, so it was never an issue. Yeah. And it's um, just, and it's amazing. I mean, these, some of those kids are, like you said, 16, 18 years old, yeah. but they're in rookie ball. I mean, there was so. a couple kids that were 17 on that team that I'm like, wow, I'm 22 year old, two years old playing on the same team with a 17 year old that's that's throwing 93 and has no idea where the ball's going. And there's no idea in the world where he is. You know, like no idea. probably. I mean, it's just completely oh, no, he, lost. All he knows is he's in the United he States. He needs to throw a ball and get past the hill. Yeah, he wants it. the catcher to put down a one, and he wants to see how hard he can throw it, because then as soon as he throws the pitch, he's going to spin around and look on the on the jumbo trying to see what the velocity was. It doesn't matter if it's a ball or strike. He just is seeing how hard he can throw it. So, you know, you're coming off of you've spent your entire life in the south, but besides the two summers you played up north, yep. and geographically you're going to the Pacific Northwest, which is a lot different culturally, obviously, in itself, and then you're playing on a team with some guys that might have been in the United States for less than a year. Yeah. So not a, I mean, just talk about, I guess, more from a lifestyle perspective and off-the-field stuff of what you're going through or what you're thinking or what you're dealing with during this time away from the baseball side of things. Um, I really just, it it was a tough adjustment for me to realize that this is a, a business and it's not, it's not 
playing baseball for fun is not the priority at all times. You have to you have to like learn that quickly that and I think I got my first taste of how how wow this really is a business was um like 3 weeks into the season. I I started I was doing really well. Um I wasn't expecting to get moved up or any of that sort of stuff, but I was doing well. And then a kid on our pitching staff that was what had like doubled my ERA got moved up, and I was just like, "What the heck?" Um, and that was my first taste of like, I can't let what's happening around me get in my way of my goal. Um, I just didn't understand it. Why would you move someone up that I'm doing better than? Um, so that that was really when I kind of focused on. Okay, well, I need to go to the park, and I need to get better every day. And if everyone has the same mindset as me on the team, we'll play well together. We'll have a good team. Um, so that was, like, the first thing that I picked up. Um, you know, I would, I, I found out real quick I needed to get a bicycle, and I would ride my bike to the park every day instead of having to wait for that van because when the van comes, you're on their schedule. I, get, I got my bike, and I could ride to the park. It was probably like a three or four mile bike ride, but um, I would ride, ride the bike to the park because then I can go there whenever I wanted. Um, so I would, you know, we would come home, we'd ride our bikes home from the park, you know, at 11.30, midnight, get back to the hotel, I'd go up to my room. And so I was living in this Hilton hotel for the rest of June, July, August, and, you know, until the season was over with in another September. Person. With another guy. And then, and then when we would go on the road, I always had a, a hotel room with the same guy. Um, travel was not great in that league either because we were the furthest south team in Eugene. And we would play up in Washington State, um, over in Idaho. And then the furthest north team, we would actually go over to, to Vancouver. So I had to get a passport and everything. How um, far was that? That was like a 12-hour. That was our furthest one was Eugene to Vancouver was like 12 hours. I think Boise was like maybe ten, nine, ten hours or something like that, um, and we that trip was happening, you know, once a month. And then us with us being so far south, all of our trips to Washington State were six plus hours. Um, were the, were they decent coach buses or were they? Um, they were like crappy coach buses, and they and I'm not getting my own set of two seats either. Like I'm literally cramped up in a seat right next to someone because. This is another part that bothered me was, you know, I'm 22 years old. I'm sharing a seat with another kid in college, but there's a kid behind me that got drafted out of high school that's, you know, 19 years old, but he's been playing pro pro ball longer than me. So this 19-year-old kid gets his own set of two seats. Uh, And to me, there was just something not right about that. But as I would learn, like, that's how, you know, you just got to, you can't complain about that stuff because it's just going to come back and and not be good. It just causes problems. Yeah. And you don't want to cause any problems. Yeah, minor league baseball is not something where you can try to buck the system and it works out for That's you. That's not. The system will put you in your place real quickly. All right, so you go through the year. You got, I mean, pretty lucky that you're in Eugene. You're in a college town. You're not in the middle of nowhere. Were no. some of those towns that you played in pretty, pretty terrible? Or were, I mean... Every... Actually, they were... Um, they were all pretty bad. We got really lucky getting to play at University of Oregon. I still to this day, that's one of the nicer facilities that I, that we played at in the minors. 
Um, that park was brand new. Um, locker rooms were huge. I was living at the Hilton. I don't remember. All I know is there was money coming out of my check for living there. I don't know how much it was, any of that <laughs> stuff. I was paying to live there, but I didn't know how much. I was just getting a really small check every two weeks. Um, but, but yeah, we had by far had the best setup, um, probably, of any short-season team in professional baseball. So you play there for the rest of the year. You finish up beginning of September, and then the off-season starts. So you're going to go well, back I got home. Call, I got called up okay. at the end of the year. So okay. at the end of the year in short-season, um, I was like, it was like a day or two before our season was over. We didn't make playoffs, and coach comes in and is like, Brandon, I need you in my office. And at this point, I'm just like, all right, well, i got to get through you know, two more days. I could go home my first off-season, start getting ready for the next year. Um, coach calls me in after no, next to last game and is like, hey, we're going um, to send you up to Fort Wayne, which is the low-A team, because they made playoffs. Um. I was so nervous when he called me. I was like, oh, no, what's about to happen? <laughs> I was like, am I about to get sent home? <laughs> like, I, I got two more days. Just yeah. let me make it home. Um, so, yeah, he tells me right after the game, hey, you're going to Fort Wayne for the playoffs, which is Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I got to fly from Eugene, Oregon to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, when am I going? He's like, you're actually flying out in the morning. So... You know, our game's over at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I walk into the trainer's room to get my ticket info. And, like, I'm flying out at 8 a.m. So I have to, like, rush back to the hotel. I'm like, dang, well, I got this bike here. Like, I was planning on trying to return this thing. And I'm just like, well, I'll just guess I'll just leave it here. Like, maybe some of the other guys can use it. So I pack up all my stuff. Um, I have a shuttle to the airport in like three hours. I have to pack up everything that I have. And uh, I head down to the hotel lobby at like three something in the morning so I can catch this flight to Indiana. Um, so you fly in Indiana, first taste of playoffs and professional baseball. Yeah. What, what happened during those playoffs? Where did you pitch? What situations? What was the atmosphere like? Well, I always heard that Fort Wayne was a really nice place to play because they get tons of fans and all that sort of stuff. Um, so when I show up to this park, I am, like, really taken back by it. Like, this is this is one of the top um, attending minor league baseball teams in the country. They, they're in the top five every year in attendance. The stadium is incredible. It's right downtown. There's, like, a skyline of buildings in the outfield. I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I walk into this to this clubhouse, and everyone's just kind of like staring at me like, who is this guy? And like, these guys have been playing together for five, six months, and, and then this new guy shows up, and I'm like, oh my gosh. First of all, all these guys are bigger than all the guys that were on my short season team. You know, guys have like these full beards and all this other stuff, and I'm like, these are grown men. Um... It was kind of crazy, and no one really talked to me. So I just spent, you know, two and a half months in short season, like, making friends with some teammates there, and then I get thrown to this team where I'm, the, I'm, going, I'm going to Fort Wayne alone, and now I'm starting over again. I don't know any of these guys. They're, we're about to go into playoffs. 
and I'm supposed to just come in and pitch and like help these guys out. It, it was kind of weird. Um, but I was also happy that they moved me up. So we got knocked out in like the first round. But I, it was weird. I pitched like three nights in a row. I was so surprised that they even asked me to pitch. It was more so like I thought I was there just in case they needed me. I was pick, pitching in like tied ball games in the playoffs for this low A baseball team. And I was like, wow, this is a lot. How many, at this point, you threw nine innings during the spring for college. How yeah. many innings did you throw at Eugene? I threw 65 innings in Eugene. And then I threw three or four innings in Fort Wayne. So you're at 155 yeah. innings going into Fort Wayne. Are you worried about how your body is responding to this, your arm, what's going on with the, with um, the physical side of things? No, I, I actually didn't feel... My arm was fine. At this point in my life, I still had a rubber arm where I could literally pitch every single night. It didn't matter. Um, so I, there was no like dead arm going on. Uh, my velocity was exactly where it was at the beginning of the season when I started the college year. Um, I felt good. Um, I didn't start to feel that wear down until after the next year. Okay, so first year pro ball on the books. How did you feel when you are on the plane ride home? What was going through your head? Um, I was extremely satisfied. Um, I did everything that they asked of me. There's no questions. I was the quiet guy that kept his head down and worked hard. You know, if they needed me to start, I started. If they needed me in the bullpen, I did that. Um, I had a good year. Overall, I think I had a sub-3 ERA. I don't remember what it was. It was under a 3 for the for the summer. Um, and going into that, that first offseason, that fall, I think I even got to the top 30 prospects for San Diego's organization. So I was extremely satisfied with with how my first summer was with San Diego. Did they do an exit interview with you at all, or give you kind of anything? Not really. Any response? Not really. Um, we kind of had to sit down about like what the, what the plan kind of was going to be for the next year, which I don't remember any of it. Um, they were like, hey, we're going to be emailing you your workout plans and all this sort of stuff for the offseason. You, know, you know, take three, four weeks off, whatever you need. Um, and then get back onto your workout. And then, you know, around December, we'll send you your your throw-in program for when you, we want you to start playing catch and all that sort of stuff. So I felt pretty good going into the offseason about um, the structure and, and what they were asking from me. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you check out Episode 3, where we continue talking to Matt and dive into his first offseason and how he was preparing himself physically and mentally for spring training and then look at his first spring training as he goes in not really knowing what to expect and gets himself ready to play his first full season of professional baseball.